truth. 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 Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. How are you doing, Samuel Tolley? And today's subject is one of our favorite fast food joints. Chick-fil-A, woke, that may surprise many of you, and it's unfortunate. You know, I remember, I think it was 10 years ago, that Chick-fil-A was being attacked because the owner at that time said that he would stand up for marriage between a man and a woman, that that was a very important issue. And folks all over the country were going to Chick-fil-A's uh, when, when a boycott by the left was called out. You know, I, I spent a couple of hours standing in line just trying to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Here, let me show you a little clip of what was going on at that time. Thousands and thousands of people at Chick-fil-A restaurants from coast to coast confirming that the fast food chain is the new ground zero in the culture wars over gay marriage. ABC's Steve Osansami is in Atlanta tonight. For the thousands of Chick-fil-A supporters who today crowded the company's restaurants, a chicken sandwich never tasted so good. Today they came to line up in support of traditional marriage, voting with their feet in Fort Worth, in Houston, in Miami, and at food courts across the country, where the lines wrapped around the malls. This is my second one today, and I'll do another one tonight on the way home from work. Chick-fil-A has long handed out millions to groups that fight against protections for gay Americans. But it was these words from company president Dan Cathy a few weeks ago that sparked the fire. I think we're inviting God's judgment on our nation when we shake our fist at him and say, you know, we know better than you as to what constitutes a marriage. In Atlanta, where Chick-fil-A is based, Sonia Holmes told me she came out today to support Mr. Kathy. From my standpoint, I mean, you can believe in what you want to believe in. I just happen to agree with his beliefs because I do believe in um, marriages between a man and a woman. At home, Reverend Billy Graham got himself a taste today. So did former Governor Mike Huckabee, who organized the event. And this week, the Palins are all about Chick-fil-A, too. But mayors from at least three major cities vowed to block new stores. Chick-fil-A's values are not Chicago values. What may be the most telling are the people we met here today who told us they support gay marriage, but plan to continue enjoying the chicken here anyway. I don't support the politics, but I do support the food. So, go Chick-fil-A. Steve Osinzami, ABC News. Mayor Emanuel was fascinating to listen to him say, Chick-fil-A's values aren't Chicago's values. I don't think many states or cities values Chicago's value because Chicago values shooting up folks every week. That's that's another story. But nevertheless, the issue was at that time, the body of Christ and Americans in general that stood for marriage between one man and one woman uh, stood shoulder to shoulder in support of Chick-fil-A. And now... Many of us feel betrayed, but in order to understand why Chick-fil-A is doing what many of these other companies are doing, 
you're going to have to uh, hold on a second. I'm, I'm trying to prepare something here. I have to move it. You're going to have to understand a couple of terms. And those terms are ESG and DEI. ESG means environmental social governance. And DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I will show you a short clip on both of them. I think this first one is about six minutes on DSI or ESG. And then we'll get to the next one. It's very important to understand these two acronyms in order to understand what not only Chick-fil-A is doing, but many companies are doing that it seems like they're working against their best interests. I mean, they're, they're promoting things that's going to alienate many of their customers. And these businesses know this. But take a look. Why do millions of people invest in retirement accounts? Well, the answer is obvious, to have money to live on when you're no longer working. The best way for those accounts to grow is to invest in companies that make a profit. Less profit for those companies means less money for retirement. That might seem like common sense, but it's becoming less common, thanks to a new investment strategy called ESG. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. If you're wondering what that means, you're not alone. Generally, it means that a company's first concern should no longer be how much money it makes, but rather how much social good it does. In other words, get woke or get shamed. If you're an oil company, for example, you're out of luck because by the nature of your business, it's assumed you're destroying the planet. Never mind that you're powering homes and hospitals, that doesn't count. In fact, if you're a company just trying to make a profit, you're the problem. ESG proponent Klaus Schwab, chairman of the World Economic Forum, put the World Economic Forum. These these jokers get together every year in Switzerland, the elite of the elites, and they sit around and try to tell us how best to live. And what's fascinating, the oil companies are being alienated, but without the oil company, all these people couldn't get to Switzerland. Although it could have been easier for them to just have a Zoom meeting. We can't continue with an economic system driven by selfish values such as short-term profit. The message is clear. We need ESG to save us from ourselves. Really? The pursuit of profits has fueled many of mankind's greatest innovations and greatest companies. It led Elon Musk to build electric cars, Andy Grove to design computer chips, and Reed Hastings to develop the world's most popular streaming service. Everything from aspirins to commercial airplanes to, yes, solar panels and wind turbines came about because of the desire for profit. Profit is why you have a job, clothes, a house, food, and every other necessity, not to mention luxuries. It's the reason why you can live in Phoenix and stay cool, or live in Buffalo and stay warm. The genius of capitalism is that it re Let me stop here for a second. What this is, is, is them trying to take control of everybody and destroy capitalism. It's almost like a Marxist communist thing. And what many people don't realize, when the United States first started, well, before it was the United States, when the pilgrims came across the Atlantic, they tried a communist system where everybody partook in the livelihood or whatever, the necessities of life, 
And regardless if you did more or you did less, everybody received the same. Well, that didn't induce many people to work hard. And some folks didn't have hardly work hard and, and folks almost starved to death because of that. So they switched that and went to a capitalist mentality. We're here. This is your plot of land. This is your plot of land. And you farm during farming season. You plant. You prepare for the winter. And if you didn't, you're going to go hungry and die. People thrive then. Let him continue. This is to do good things for society to make a profit. Think about it. If you want to start a business, whether it's a dog hotel or a shoe factory, you'll have to create a product or service that helps others at a price they can afford. If you want to hire employees, you'll have to offer attractive wages and safe working conditions. Otherwise, nobody will work for you. If you want customers, not only will you have to make a good product, but you'll need to cultivate a good reputation. That means treating those customers well and offering competitive prices. In a free enterprise system, you can't make money without providing a social good. Capitalism is, by its very nature, conscientious. It turns out, then, that profit isn't selfish. It motivates us to contribute our talents to help others. ESG threatens this system. By denigrating profit, it lessens the incentive and the means to do good. Without profits, companies won't have the capital to provide jobs, pay investors, or fund innovation. But that's the world ESG wants you to live in, a world where profit takes second place to a preoccupation with income inequality, race and gender sensitivity, and climate alarmism. But even if you wanted to address those concerns, how would ESG help you do it? That's a fair question because there's no consensus on ESG standards. Here's a good example. Three self-proclaimed ESG watchdogs have given Tesla three completely different ratings, best, worst, and middling. In capitalism, there's a simple metric to determine success, how much money you're making. Under ESG, there's no such thing. It's a judgment call. To make ESG investment strategies even more problematic, According to Meyer Statman, professor of finance at Santa Clara University, in the long run, ESG investors are likely to earn lower after-fee returns than non-ESG investors. Over a period of, say, 30 years, those fees alone could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if ESG endangers profits, offers no clear metric for success, and is a mediocre investment, why is it even a thing? Well, for two main reasons. First, ESG allows people like Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest investment company, to feel good about themselves. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card for guilty billionaires. They preen in the New York Times, and the rest of us are stuck with the bill. And second, it's about control. ESG enables an enlightened elite to tell everyone else how to run their companies. Submit to ESG or you won't get that loan or that investment whether or not it's good for your bottom line and your shareholders. That's how companies and whole economies go from woke to broke, including your 401k. So if somebody tries to sell you on environmental, social, and governance investing, hold on tight to your wallet and to your values. ESG is coming for both. I'm Andy Puzder, Senior Fellow at the School of Public Policy at Pepperdine University for Prager University. Thank you for watching. There you go. ESG. 
this and this black rock and people like that that help control the the the, the resources folks are, are are afraid of losing money and 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 then these companies um unfortunately even like chick-fil-a appear to be more concerned about what the ESG mindset and the DEI mindset is other than what the word of God said. You know, it's funny when you got this diversity, equity, inclusion system and Christians want to fall into this mess. And I don't understand why, because there's nothing more inclusive, nothing more diverse, nothing more equitable than the Bible, than the word of God. But now, now that you got a little prim, uh, information on ESG, let's take a quick look at DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion as we continue to look at Chick Fil A. So hold on a second, I gotta switch up here. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are everyone's responsibility. DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. That sounds nice and responsible. No wonder all big companies now require employees to get training in it. Because we understand that racial and systemic bias have many causes, sources, and ways of showing up within each of us. Even if that's true, do you know what American companies now do to address it? Some make ritual apologies for America's past. We want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish. By proclaiming guilt, companies try to signal that now they're virtuous. The Snohomish, the Tulalip. It's nice to apologize. Yes, but what is it really doing? Eric Smith was a diversity officer at Drew University. Now he teaches at York College. Why'd you stop being a diversity officer? I just thought it was a useless thing. There's a better way to go about doing this. Diversity and inclusion. Useless or not, companies continue to pay big money for trainings. There's a whole industry now designed to cater to companies looking for a quick way to check that box. In the US in 2020, DEI was a $3.4 billion industry. Every big company. They feel like they have to. They have to say something. They have to signal to the world that they're doing something. Is it effective? No. Uh, in fact, it seems to be doing worse. It seems to be making people uh, less likely to interact with people who are unlike them, you know, because it's like a minefield now. Less likely to interact. After a training where you hear things about microaggressions, if you ask somebody what they do for a living, somehow that's racist, right? If you learn that, then why would you take a chance? I better not talk to Eric because I might say something wrong. Precisely. So now inclusion means I'm going to silence myself and not talk to the black people. All white people are racist. Some trainings are just divisive and dumb. I believe that white people are born into not being human. This is extreme, I take it. It is extreme, but it's becoming more of the norm. These slides were shown at a Coca-Cola diversity training. The thesis of this training was try to be less white. They're talking about arrogance and things like that. That is by no means a white thing. The point is to demonize the other side as much as possible. And absurdly, diversity trainings don't even do what they're supposed to do. 
This Harvard professor analyzed studies of them. Sadly enough, I did not find one single study which have, has found that diversity training, in fact, leads to more diversity. In fact, the Harvard Business Review reports five years after diversity training, the share of black women managers actually decreased. It's not about data, it's about a power grab. A power grab that starts in schools. Melt to the steel bars of racism and white language supremacy. This expert tells teachers it's racist to teach traditional English. If you use a single standard to grade your students' languaging, you engage in racism. You actively promote white language supremacy, which is the handmaiden to white bias in the world. Smith was in the audience. I heard that, um, thought it was a bit misguided. So Smith wrote a long and thoughtful response saying it's a disservice to minority kids not to teach standard English. For that, he was attacked. We are professors in communication. I thought we could communicate. I was so wrong. Instead of a discussion, people called you racist. Do you enjoy using Western modes of argument to invalidate people of color? Check your privilege. What they saw in me was a bigger threat than anything they've seen before. A black person saying it's okay to teach black students uh, standardized English. An academic named Eve complained about the harm Smith consistently perpetuates. Other academics joined in to coddle Eve. Eve spent tremendous labor, physically, intellectually, and emotionally, to write his response, and most probably took him extra time to recover from that labor. God, it's like they're victims everywhere. Yes, that's the point. You have to perpetuate the victimhood. That's part of the narrative. It just isn't even logical discussion. Has academia gone insane? Yes. <laughs> That's the short answer. Yes, it has gone insane. I was surprised that the leader of that academic conference agreed to talk to me. You engage in racism. He's since grown a beard. If you use a single standard to grade your students' languaging, you engage in racism. Standardized English tends to exclude um, uh, many groups of people. My parents came here from Germany. They made me learn standardized English. Were, were they being oppressive? I mean, where would I be if they hadn't? There are absolutely benefits to a standardized English, but that same world creates those same benefits through certain kinds of biases, and they can be bad for many um, folks who simply are not gonna be able to meet that standard. I'm simply saying that I don't think everyone needs to be held to it. If they're not held to it, how can they succeed? Yeah, I think that they do. I think that they can. He was much more measured than he'd been lecturing his fellow professors. I think you're toning it down for my audience here, because you and your conference speech were all about this is an oppressive country and white racism, white dominance. I tried to be rhetorical and I tried to use the moment to make a statement. In other words, he played to the crowd. Your students who do not embody enough of the white um, habits of language that make up your standards stand at your classroom doors and die for your comfort. That anger is the norm with DEI advocates. At Stanford Law School, a judge who'd been invited to speak was stopped by angry students and Stanford's Dean of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Absolute disenfranchisement of their rights and does land.
The diversity dean lectured this federal judge for six minutes. Is it worth the pain that this causes and the division that this causes? Do you have something so incredible, important to say about Twitter and guns and COVID that that is worth this impact on the division of these people? At least the law school president later apologized, saying this violates Stanford's commitment to free speech. Good. I'm glad some sensible people push back against nonsense like this. And when it comes to DEI, this education reformer, Chris Rufo, proposes an alternative. EMC, Equality, Merit, and Colorblindness. I like equality and merit and colorblindness. Merit is a good thing. But demanding it, we're told, hurts minorities. Our students of color struggle and fail even when we are, are there to help them. So some colleges drop admissions tests. High schools eliminate honors classes. What is that going to do to an entire group of people? Nothing good. I mean, if you wanted to hold down a group of people without them knowing it, this woke thing is a good strategy. The gap between black and white students is widening. Minority and underserved students falling further behind. What's the better way? Talking. People don't say what they feel because they don't want to get canceled. They don't want to be called racist. People are censoring, and we have to stop doing that. Eric Smith is right. Stop censoring. Instead, let's debate. And in a future video, I'll have a longer debate with Asao Inouye, the advocate for not asking kids to learn standard English. Wow. So diversity, equity, and inclusion from the clip we saw definitely means not expecting black people to speak proper English. We supposed to talk slew foot or shoe foot or I don't know. We're not supposed to be able to communicate properly. And that's supposed to be okay. It's just like that professor said, how is that gonna help people? Or actually he said, you wanna keep people under, these are my words, keep them from from progressing, this is a great way to do it without them even knowing it. And then you get them in some job and you pretend like they know what's going on. Having said all that, with the environmental, social governance and diversity, equity, inclusion, we can finally get to Chick-fil-A. So I wanna pull up a couple of documents if we got the time. The first one, surprisingly, was written in 2019. by uh, <clears throat> Ryan uh, Bloomberg. So the cowardice and capitulation, the shocking things, Chick-fil-A funds. Now remember, this is a company that prided itself on its Christian values. It says, there's a lot of talk about Chick-fil-A, most of it generated by the fake news establishment that wants nothing more than to demonize an organization that historically has publicly professed its Christian faith that is inseparable from his business practices. We are based on biblical principles, asking God and pleading with God to give us wisdom on decisions we make about people and the programs and partnerships we have, and he has blessed us. Those were the words of Chick-fil-A CEO Dan Cathy to the Baptist Press back in 2019. Excuse me, 2012. Let me change your side here so you can see. Okay. 
as he confirmed his biblical belief that marriage is between one man and one woman. Days later, a disgruntled activist violently took out his disagreement with Chick-fil-A by trying to kill as many people as possible inside the Family Research Council's uh, Washington, D.C. headquarters. According to the FBI interrogation, Floyd Lee uh, Corkins chose FRC as the target because the Southern Poverty Law Center lists anti-gay groups. I found them online. Southern Poverty Law Group. If, if you're against LGBT, if you're against homosexuality, if you're against transgenderism, if you're against anything that they deem is anti-gay or wrong, regardless as to what the Bible says, then you're a hate group. So basically, by this group's definition, Bible-believing Christians are hate group. So Quirkin stormed inside FRC's building armed with a backpack full of Chick-fil-A sandwiches and 50 rounds of ammunition to kill as many as possible and smear the Chick-fil-A sandwiches in victims' faces and kill the guard. This is this is this diverse um, woke person, right? <clears throat> His hideous attack was stopped by FRC security guard Leo Johnson, a hero who was shot while stopping the terrorist attack. In 2012, Corkin was sentenced to prison for 25 years. In 2017, Chick-fil-A donated money to the same SPLC that still outrageously lists FRC as a hate group. Here, this guy shot up this, this the Family Research Council office and was going to throw Chick-fil-A pictures all over it because he saw where the Southern Poverty uh, Law Group or, or whatever the heck they call themselves, um, blah, 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 blah. Southern Poverty Law. <clears throat> Here they are. Well, anyway, he saw where, where they listed Chick-fil-A as bad. Now Chick-fil-A gave them money. Why? I thought that we're supposed to do what the Bible says. You know, I thought that Chick-fil-A and the owners of Chick-fil-A would have paid attention to Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 5. Trust the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, basically, what I'm alluding to is Chick-fil-A should just trust God. Why start giving money to this company that was denigrating you to get them off your back? That's essentially what they did. But it gets worse. Let's see. Hold on a second. I went too far, I think. Hold on. Uh-oh. I didn't get all my sheets on the Chick-fil-A up on the thing. So I'm going to cut it off, and I'm going to just read to you 
The Chick-fil-A Foundation's recent announcement about its future funding again reaffirmed its redirection and capitulation. Remember, this is 2019. It just so happens that the same three groups targeted for years by the LGBT organizations as anti-LGBT hate groups just happen to be the same ones that would no longer be funded. So these groups that the LGBT folks hated, that Chick-fil-A supported, which is the Salvation Army, Paul Anderson Youth Home, and Fellowship for Christian Athletes. Chick-fil-A's press release acknowledged that these groups were characterized as anti-LGBT groups, but never dispels that. They gave excuses basically as to why they had funded these three remarkable organizations, but would no longer continue to do so. So here Chick-fil-A funding the Salvation Army, uh, Paul Anderson Youth Home, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes for years, knowing that these were honest, God-fearing groups that were looking about uplifting uh, people of God, and they made excuses for, to the enemies of God of, as why they were funding them, and now they won't do it no more. It gets worse. Witness their progression and capitulation. The Salvation Army see it for what it is, stating in a press release, we're saddened to learn that a corporate partner has felt it necessary to divert funds to the hungry um, education and homeless organization. The Salvation Army does all three on a massive scale, but they don't espouse the LGBT ideology. Thank God for the Salvation Army. You know, I, I've never um, donated directly to the Salvation Army. I've sometimes put stuff in the kettle around the holidays. But if they are going to line up, and I know they had an issue recently, and I'm going to check them out first, but if they are still straight, I'm going to start giving them money directly. In explaining Chick-fil-A's funding decision, Rodney Bullard, vice president of corporate responsibility and the executive director of the Chick-fil-A Foundation, said, we don't want our intent and our work to be encumbered by someone else's politics. Remember this. Or culture war. Remember this. If something gets in the way of our mission, <clears throat> that is something that we are mindful of and cognizant of. Has their mission drifted way to the left? Mr. Bloomberg asked. Out with organizations that do not espouse pro-homosexuality ideology and in with those who do, like Covenant House. Don't let the Catholic Association fool you, though. Covenant House is a homeless shelter for youth. Take pride in this promotion of all things LGBTQ. They even march in the New York Gay Parade to show their inexclusivity creds. Guess the Salvation Army, which admittedly has an issue with the partially supporting abortion in cases of rape, incest and life and health of the mother should have flown some co-opted rainbow colors to keep their hundreds of thousands in funding. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars they gave up. 
whoops, looks like Covenant is the new Salvation Army. Chick-fil-A funds the deeply political YWCA, a radical pro-abortion and pro-LGBTQ organization that repeatedly partners with Planned Parenthood. Now, you know, YWCA used to stand for Young Women's Christian Association, just like YMCA used to stand for Young Men's Christian Association. This is probably before the village people start saying YMCA because they used to stand shoulder to shoulder helping young Christian men and women. Now the enemy has ingrained himself in it and many other organizations that used to be Christian. Um, the enemy's running hard, folks. Chick-fil-A also funds a D.C.-based new leadership council that identifies as a hub of progressive millennial thought leadership, <clears throat> which exists to support another long, excuse me, another along their individual paths to a more progressive political and cultural landscape. I thought they were in other people's politics. Chick-fil-A has given sizable donations, $50,000 to the Pace Center for Girls, yet another pro-abortion, pro-abortion, pro-abortion organization. The Education and Advocacy Group featured radical pro-abortion feminist Gloria Steinem, the I Had an Abortion activist who declared that birthing children is the fundamental cause of climate change. I'm getting ready to start a Thursday series. Um, called Theological Thursday. And the first thing I'm going to be getting into is climate change. I should look up this, what Gloria Steinem's got going on about how birthing children is a cause of climate change. Anyway, as their keynote speaker for their most recent summit, or how about Usher's new look? R&B star Usher Raymond of the fifth liberal nonprofit, The Group, Disruptivator Summit is all about progressive community organizing on pivotal social issues. And Chick-fil-A funds it, $38,700 in 2017. Chick-fil-A also gives tens of thousands of dollars to Chris 180, $27,800 in 2017 and $25,000 in 2019, a pro-LGBT behavioral Health and Child Welfare Service Agency. The organization boasts of being awarded the leadership, excuse me, the leader in supporting and serving LGBT families and youth from the Human Rights Campaign Foundation. See, they've kept this low. They kept this low. Many Christians, many believers think Christian think Chick-fil-A is still with us. Many people don't even have this information. They have no idea that they've, they've been gone for years. HRC, nothing promotes human degradation quite like the pro-abortion HRC. The multi-million dollar LGBT powerhouse that recently pushed for the legalization of prostitution in D.C. You can always love and serve the broken without affirming the brokenness. 
And then there's junior achievement, which arguably does some phenomenal work with education and entrepreneurship. They're the recipients of hundreds of thousands a year from Chick-fil-A. In 2016, though, uh, JA joined a coalition, Georgia Prospers, a pro-LGBT organization in their Too Busy to Hate campaign to politically oppose religious liberty legislation, specifically the First Amendment Defense Act from passing in Georgia. Why would you want to oppose protecting the First Amendment. So much for not being encumbered by someone else's political or cultural war. These groups and many more funded by Chick-fil-A are clearly political on the left. Of course, Chick-fil-A funds a lot of great initiatives, but they're being publicly dishonest about their corporate evolution and the millions of families who supported them over the years because of the fast food chain's principal stand deserve to know the cowardice that the company has shown in the face of LGBT activism. Now, this article, like I said, was written in 2019. Let's get up to date looking at Chick-fil-A. I hope we're having enough time to run through this second one. And let us see, said the blind man, if I got everything on the second one. Okay, here. Whoops. This one has Chick-fil-A gone woke. This is dated June 11th of this year. Has Chick-fil-A gone woke? You may have just seen a controversy on social media about your favorite fast food restaurant. And that incident, and don't forget, I haven't forgot about the the beginning of the ESG and DEI. It's all good tied in. But your favorite fast food restaurant. In that incident, just one time mistake, or or excuse me, is that an incident just a one time mistake, a misunderstanding? question mark, or is it part of a larger pattern? To help you answer the question, I've created a definitive and explaining history of the company's various controversies. This is Edward Doulis, who wrote this, um, and he went to an extensive outline. So let's look at it. Chick-fil-A, a fried chicken joint that has become one of the nation's largest fast food chains, has long been a touchstone in Americans' culture wars because of its reputation as a Christian-owned company that aimed to reflect the values of its faith in every facet of its business, most famously in the commitment to remain closed on Sundays. In the early 2000s, left-wing activists began targeting Chick-fil-A, CFA, as an icon of bigotry for holding the Christian teaching on human sexuality. Then CEO Dan Cathy uh, declared that the push for same-sex marriage was inviting God's judgment on our nation, sparking fierce backlash from the LGBTQQIAAPS2S plus and their allies. No, I don't know what all that means. I don't even know if anybody knows what all that means. And by the time you figure out what all that means, they're going to come up with something else. Because Satan is the author of confusion. 
The outrage seemed to peak when Virginia man Floyd Lee Corkins used a hate map from the Southern Poverty Law Center to target the Washington, D.C. offices of the Family Research Council, we just read about, where he intended to shoot and kill as many employees as he could and smear Chick-fil-A food on their faces. Throughout the battle, CFA didn't push back or scorn its critics, mostly keeping busy serving the conservative customers who chose to stand for it so the images of those fans surprised when the brand began to appease its haters. 2019, the big surrender. In November 2019, CFA's list of charitable donations revealed that the company had stopped giving money to the Salvation Army, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and the Paul Anderson Youth Home. Notice they didn't make a big public spread about that. You're going to have to look up the information to find this out. Christian organizations that, again, offended queer sensibilities because they held long-standing orthodox beliefs. They're the only beliefs a Christian can have. Christians can't change their beliefs. God dictates the beliefs. But why? What could cause the complaints glad, that's one of these acronyms for these homosexual group, and other far-left activists to outweigh basic Christian solidarity at the icon for Christian institutions. Well, the company president and COO, Tim Tassopoulos, explained exactly why. As we go into new markets, we need to be clear about who we are. Okay, I thought they were clear in the beginning. CFA wanted badly to open locations outside the U.S., and queer activists had kneecapped this effort in Britain in just a month before Tassopolo's statement. The brand was also facing headwinds in Democrat rural areas in the U.S., as well as continued social stigma and protests from left-wing activists. You know, it, it amazes me. These companies that grow, they get rich, off the, off the dollars of, of, of people that, that support them, just like the people who supported Bud Light, the people who supported Target, the people who, who supported all these companies, and then, then they, they decided to run against the very people that made them what they are so they can keep their ESG scores and their DEI uh, status intact. Ah, Breitbart's John Nolte accused CFA of selling out and choosing money over Christianity. Chick-fil-A is not selling out because the operation is floundering, is on the, on the verge of bankruptcy, or may be worried about keeping its doors open and its employees employed. Quite the opposite. The business is booming at Chick-fil-A. The company is in the best shape ever but all the success and wealth is not enough, you see. The company wants more money, more success, more millions, more billions, and the easiest way to get their hands on more and more and more is to sell out their faith, is to offer the anti-Christian left, the bloody heads of the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. The love of money is the root of all evil. Two uncommonly decent organizations that quietly go about the business of doing good work that have never 
toss so much as a firebomb or a firecracker into the cultural wars. <clears throat> Beset by widespread conservative backlash, CFA went into damage control mode, assuring evangelical megastar Franklin Johnson, I mean Franklin Graham, that it hadn't bowed to anyone's demands and will continue to support whoever they want to support. Those words would soon contribute to even more damaging scandal. 2019, aid and comfort to the enemy. So I guess if you give some money to Christian stuff, but, well, Christian stuff that ain't that ain't really Christian, you know, uh, you know, Cenos, Christian in name only. Uh, you can't go hardcore Christian that's, that really believes in the Bible. And then, and then you give money to the to the enemy. Then I guess they think it's okay. The next shooter drop was the revelation that Chick Fil A began donating to extremist left wing organizations, such as the aforementioned terror inspired SPLC. Aside from the Quirkus debacle, the SPLC had long been scandal plagued and discredited, coming to a peak in the very year that CFA began bankrolling it. Its founder, Morris D., was fired reportedly for years of misconduct, and the Washington Post declared in an op-ed that the organization had lost all credibility and donors should pull their support. Tony Perkins, president of the terror target FRC, strongly denounced the donations, as reported by Breitbart News at the time. Not only has Chick-fil-A abandoned donations to Christian groups, including the Salvation Army, it has donated uh, <clears throat> to one of the most extreme anti-Christian groups in America. Perkins said in a statement, anyone who opposes the SPLC, including many Protestants, Catholics, Jews, Muslims, and traditional conservatives, is slandered and slapped with the extremist label, or even worse, their hate group designation. Now, you would think that Chick-fil-A got enough money and enough sense to realize because somebody said that this is a hate group. It doesn't make it a hate group. I think they do. I think they know what they're doing. The same, excuse me, it's time for Christians to find a fast food alternative to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I believe so. He concluded, you know, I'd rather give my money to a pagan uh, food establishment that don't give a rat's butt about God than one ever tenant does and doesn't. The company gave a rather contradictory statement in response to the ensuing backlash, downplaying the SPLC donation and minimizing responsibility for the yet spinning it's as well intended in the spirit of thinking about others. Another recipient of Chick-fil-A's foundation money, earning it the designation of causes its support, was Covenant House, an organization that celebrates the LGBTQQIAAP2S plus pride and has hosted drag queen story hour events. Covenant House was just one of several pro-LGBTQQIAAP2S plus organizations CFA funded that year, and even worse, pro-abortion 
nonprofits such as the YFCA and the Pay Center for Girls. Obviously, this is piggybacking on some of what we read earlier, but it's going to be different stuff coming. 2020, the anti-racist Ziggis, I think that's how you pronounce it, the most personal controversy yet when, excuse me, yet came when Chick-fil-A's then CEO Dan Cathy participated in a George Floyd Summer of Love racial struggle session. In June 2020, Kathy set with Democrat boasting rapper Lecrae and Pastor Louis uh, Giglio for a panel discussion on the historic riots, where none of the three participants offered any resistance whatsoever to I Am Kendi, Robin D'Angelo's Black Lives Matter narrative gripping the nation. I'm not going to get into the CRT stuff. We don't have enough time. We just try to finish this article. Basically, CRT, if you're white, you're racist, uh, even if you're not racist or you don't think you're racist, you're just racist anyway. If you're black, you're a victim. Even if you don't think you're a victim, you're a victim anyway. All right. As black, as Breitbart News reported at the time, Kathy made excuses for widespread property damage and demanded contrition for all white Americans before shining Lecrae's shoes in an imitation of the Christian ritual of foot washing. This guy that went down the deep end. He's shining his shoes. We don't have time to talk about foot washing and what it means from a biblical perspective. But nevertheless, this is a joke. You know, and you're going to talk about we shouldn't be demanding. We, uh, white people should be making contrition for black folks burning down stuff. Hell, if black folks burn down stuff, they need to go to jail. The CEO said after speaking to some black members of his staff, he came to realize that existence of conscious, conscious and unconscious biases led uh, to some black employees who experienced a lack of respect. <laughs> what? You're 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 a Christian organization. You claim to be a Christian organization. You know, there is no Jew, there is no bond, there is no free. What is it? It says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor free way for all one in Christ Jesus. You don't need to go down this, this DEI crap. You need to just uphold biblical principles. If you uphold the biblical principles in, in your company, the rest of this stuff is, is ridiculous. You don't even have to think about that. If anything, you could have said, oh, you guys are trying to catch up with us? Speaking of Atlanta and the protesters who burned down Wendy's after Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed by police following an altercation, Kathy said whites need a period of contrition and a sense of real identity, not just criticizing people that are burning down that restaurant at night. Yeah, what about the the franchise owner who who who, who have to come out of insurance, who have to who have to deal with higher prices for new insurance, higher costs, additional protection, and all this stuff. Because he was trying to make a living, he or she, and some joker burns it down because they're mad about something else. We as Caucasians, until we're willing to just pick up the baton and fight for our 
black African-American brothers and sisters, which they are as one human race, race, we're shameful, he said. We're just adding to it. This guy's a joke. He's a joke. The rapper later said he did not appreciate the shoe shining gesture. Rather, he quipped, we want Chick-fil-A sock. <laughs> Give me the money. Don't leave my shoes alone. In an interview that all hip, hip, hop, excuse me, hip, hop. One month later, after the panel discussion, Chick-fil-A designated Eric McReynolds, an employee since 2007, who had climbed the ranks to become CFA's Midwest Regional Executive Director as its Executive Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, according to his LinkedIn profile. According to CFA's corporate responsibility record that year, McReynolds was tasked with eliminating the systemic or subtle racism. Systemic or subtle racism. Wow. Where'd that come from? It's just systemic or subtle, huh? Okay, let's get the change here. For more than 50 years, the cornerstone principle of Chick-fil-A, dating back to our founder, has been the importance of treating everyone with honor, dignity, and respect. In mid-2020, this commitment took on special significance for us as we proactively pursue new ways to work against racism, systemic or subtle. Hell, if the founding principles were treating everybody with honor, dignity, and respect, there's nothing else you need to do. Then I guess that those founding principles was a lie, is what you're saying, right? The principles in here that you claim you, you support were a lie. Where are we at? Bah, bah, bah. <clears throat> we hosted dozens of listening sessions and incurring open dialogue, approaching conversations with care and empathy as we work together to build better understand and address racial injustice. Members of our African-American Operators Network also hosted a series of cultural conversation webinars featuring well-known community speakers, starting with Jamar Tisby, author of The Color of Compromise and How to Fight Racism uh, Beneath the Calm uh, Language. I think one of these people, and I think it was that other guy they mentioned earlier, said the only way to fight uh, systemic racism is for new racism. Um, Beneath the calm language, a huge red flag appears there. Jamar Tisby is a historian and author who came to fame in the reformed Christian world, but has become a left-wing political activist. Briefly working with Imram Kendi's Center for Anti-Racist Research, that's the guy I'm talking about, by the way, and promoting pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQQIAAP, 2S plus Democrat Raphael Warnock in the 2022 mid-elections. He credited historic uprisings, a term that appears to be a euphemism for violent riots, for former police officer Derek Chauvin's murder conviction in 2021. Tisby openly admits he is an activist historian and interprets American history through the presupposition that racism never goes away. 
It just adapts. As such, a vote in the 1980s for Ronald Reagan or any Republican in subject years is the latest incarnation of Jim Crow and mob lynchings in Tisby's view. They never talk about the fact that Jim Crow, the lynchings, segregation, the separate water fountains, all that crap slavery was Democrats. Never. The corporate responsibility report continues. Collectively, these efforts helped shape the strategic planning for our approach to continuing to address racial injustice as part of our diversity, equity, and inclusion, DE&I, efforts at Chick-fil-A. We established an advisory council of diverse representatives from across the company to offer their unique knowledge and respect and perspectives on DEI supported by new cross-functional strategy, team devoted to strengthening our commitment to DEI across the company. Our vision of DEI at Chick-fil-A is to be a place where we can all strive and belong, said Eric uh, McReynolds, Vice President of DEI. I truly believe our corporate purpose of being faithful stewards of all that is entrusted to us and having a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A cause us to do this work. At our essence, we're dedicated to helping each other, excuse me, each individual, our dreams and the entire organization see all people through a lens of honor, dignity, and respect. D&I is directly linked to our corporate purpose, and we're building the infrastructure to incorporate this in, in this integral work into every part of our organization system-wide, he emphasized. 2001, now DE&I department formalized. See, this stuff has been going on for a while in the shadows. Next year, McReynolds seemed to have acquired the infrastructure he needed. Chick-fil-A joined the DEI board, a private confidential network of executives at large companies working on DEI initiatives. The announcement of CFA's entry is undated, but we're going to go long today. I want to finish this up. But the page was archived as early May 2021. In November of that year, he would receive the title Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. The company's 2021 Corporate Responsibility Report, again, sheds more light on McReynolds' activities, introduced by his vow to make everyone whole selves, whatever that means, welcome at work. I thought according to their model for the last 50 years, everyone was treated right. Anyway, 2021 Chick-fil-A um, launched several new initiatives to further DEI efforts. The Around Our Table Conversation Series enabled operators, team members, and support staff to share their personal experience, stories of Chick-fil-A connections and relationships to understand and honor what makes us different as well as what unites us. New cultural intelligence and resource help operators, team members, and staff best serve all guests and each other with warm 
more than hospitality, meaning we're really careful about what we say because we don't want nobody to think we're saying something wrong. Sessions focus on a variety of sensitive guest-related topics, including mental health awareness and homelessness. Nearly 700 staff regularly come together across 65 learning circles to explore DE&I topics and learn from each other's experiences and perspectives. A new internal TED Talks inspired video series, Food for Thought, featured a variety of speakers who address everything from culture to important elements of DE&I. Without further details on the contents of these private trainings, it's hard to evaluate whether they actually are the pleasant, what unites us characterizations from his from this document, or if they are racially scapegoating struggle sessions as seen in the precedence of Kathy's panel discussions and speaker Jamar Tisby. You know, like when Coca-Cola thing came out saying, well, try to be less white. What if they asked me, try to be less black? Well, let me see if I could. It ain't working. While much of the corporate responsibility documents details praiseworthy efforts such as food donations and education for employees, CFA does commit to ESG environmental and social governance by name, declaring its compliance with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. See, money is not a factor anymore, folks. It's staying in line with the crap. Um, I'm not going to get into this. I'm seeing within the report. The company's updated 2022 report, now entitled Global Impact Report, announced another uh, private DEI-focused video series and the diversity recruitment strategy. In 2022, Chick-fil-A further advances its DE&I commitment with a DEI steering committee with representatives from across Chick-fil-A business who provide insight and guidance for our initiatives. A DEI operator advisory panel that brings the knowledge and perspective of 21 operators to support and advise our DEI work. New learning and development opportunities focus on conversations, personal discovery, and choice. These include resources that help staff grow their DEI capabilities and learning circles that provide opportunities for small groups to connect and broaden their perspectives through open dialogue. Continuing internal programs uh, like the Around Our Table video series in which operators, team members, and staff share who they are and what connects them to Chick-fil-A and each other. I think after having to sit through that crap, I probably want to find me another job. Partner organizations align with our diversity uh, recruitment strategy, Connect Chick-fil-A, Inc., with top diverse talent. For example, Chick-fil-A was a visionary sponsor for the 2022 Women's Food Service Forum and engaged food industry leaders who share 
our vision of breaking down barriers and creating new paths for women to succeed. I keep harping back to they said for 50 years, our commitment was always to treat everybody right. Eric McGrenos, our vice president of diversity, equity, inclusion, serves on the board of directors for this highly regarded organization. The ESG slash US, so you got the UN, these folks trying to get this one world government and they're going to use ESG and DEI to coerce businesses to work within the framework that they think is right and proper. And then, of course, they're going to use the climate change nonsense. Also, just like they said, if you're an oil company, you're already a bad guy. You know, these people want to control our lives. And it says, you don't have to make that much money, you know. Matter of fact, make Lex money and get in control or under our control. Um, are repeated in this year's report. CFA's corporate DEI website gives few more details on the diversity recruitment program. We know that recruiting and hiring talent, which represent the broadest definition of diversity, enables Chick-fil-A to best serve our independent owner operators and our guests. You recruit the best people for the job if you want to make money. That's what companies are supposed to do. That's what businesses want. I want the best person to handle what I want to get done. I don't care if they're white, black, or polka dot. You know, you know when I work for people, I work for white people, I work for black people, and the property manager, I work for all kinds of folks. And the fact of it is, is all they cared about was, am I doing the job? Am I, am I bringing them a return on their investment? And once they seen that I was good for business, they didn't give a rest but what color I was. Diversity team. Let me see. We know that recruiting and hiring talent, which represents the broadest definition of diversity, enables Chick-fil-A to best serve our independent owner and operators and our guests. Chick-fil-A Inc.'s diversity recruitment program team strives to attract talent that reflects the community we serve by partnering with organizations that provide access to a range of diverse talent, including the National Black MBA Association, Management Leadership for Tomorrow, and Women's Food Service Foundation. And of course, they don't care if people can speak proper English or not because that's racist. The verdict. Chick-fil-A's story is an inflection point right now. Dan Cathy handed over the reins uh, to his son, Andrew, in 2021. And the company is looking to Europe and Asia for its continued growth. It wants us to believe it can remain a distinctly Christian company while pursuing ESG and DEI compliance. I find that hard to believe. Me too. CFA appears to be under the delusion that it can give a little ground to these tyrants and stop somewhere down the line. But these ideologies are totalitarianism. There are no half measures in anti-racism, and anti-racism requires repentance from homophobia and transphobia, the central accusation against the company for the past decade. And if you're a Christian, homosexuality and transgenderism is out of the question. Or you just 
throw this in the trash. You don't need it no more. Um, and the madness goes further. In order to truly be anti-racist, you also have to be have to truly be anti-capitalist. Communism. Communism. At some point, it's going to have to take a hard stand against the madness of the spirit of our age. And its recent trajectory has been all concessions, no resistance. Unfortunately, it looks like the future of Chick-fil-A will be more and more woke unless something drastically changes. As more developments occur, they will be added to this article timeline. Well, folks, hopefully I didn't confuse too many people, but now you can see why it was necessary for me to speak of ESG and DEI and give you a little primer before we can go in Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, just like a whole bunch of these businesses are doing, you know, uh, that goes for Anheuser-Busch, that goes for Target. That goes for Coles. They go for a whole lot of them that are presenting stuff that they know is offensive to their clientele or to a, to a, a vast majority of their clientele. But they're trying to keep their score up with the folks that's trying to overrule them, the Black Rocks and different people of the big corporate worlds that demand that they have that ESG and DEI. And I say this, getting really close. We can't boycott everybody at the same time, but we have to fight this ESG and DEI because they're going to control us if we don't control them. And so some of these folks, just like the Bud Light thing, just like the Target thing, and as far as I'm concerned, the Chick-fil-A thing, they're like my top three right now. I can live without all of them. I don't need them. And we need to just fight against this stuff and corporations need to push back and we need to support corporations that refuse to line up with that crap. There's enough Christians in the world. There's enough money. God says he's going to take care of our needs, you know, and there's enough Christians that we can bankroll anybody that needs to be bankrolled in a business uh, environment instead of worrying about these jokers. Bring them to their knees, you know, instead of sitting over there not trusting God to take care of our needs. This is Sam Tolley, and I'm out.